So hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Team Hive Mind podcast, episode 32, It's a Raid. Um, I'm your host, James Denton, and this is a show where we discuss current, local and worldwide meta trends in uh, the 40k scene. We also look at other aspects of the hobby every so often, and also start to talk about old world uh, when Simone gets distracted. Yep. If you want to join us and become part of the THM community, you can do so by joining us on Discord, at our events, visiting our website or the Team Hive Mind Facebook page. Um, or if you want to support us, um, we are sort of do have Element Games affiliate link in the description, um, which everything can be found there. In this episode, we're going to be talking all about Drakari because I was jealous where Simone got to talk all about sisters. So we're being joined by the Sky by Sky Serpent, Paulie Wallace, a veteran archon and a co-host of the Real Space Raiders podcast, alongside helping to sort of support lots of Drakari players on his Facebook uh, Drakari group. Hello, Paulie. Hello, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for coming. Um, and also, lurking in the background, um, trying to learn something about how to defeat Drakari, is Simone. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm here with my notepad, making notes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and also asking the, the pertinent questions. Yeah. So... Um, We'll do the sort of the hobby project side of thing, which we always do in a second. But we'll start out with Simone's question first, I think. Oh, we start this straight like this. That's it. Yeah. Okay, right. So, Paulie, how did you get into the hobby? Tell us a story. Wow. So, uh, my story goes back quite a few years to so the, the previous millennium, probably around. Um, Sort of the mid to late nineties, I was uh, right. one of the kids, and my um, my dad had always like been interested in model making, and um, right. always had like I think worked out some of the route path of sort of samurai and sort of um, cast up sort of soldiers and things. And there's always a few books, always like been interested in that, always like sci-fi and um, stuff like that. And then uh, living in the, the scenic town of Slough, uh, a games workshop store <laughs> opened up. So uh, right, okay. a lot of people do they you know. To get taken in and have a little look and uh i got hooked um absolutely loved it became you know a massive part of my life i guess um, nice. and i started off with lizardmen so i started with fantasy oh, um, music to my ears oh yeah and I'm, I'm i'm really sort of uh starting to dip my toe into old world as well it's really exciting oh right so we're gonna talk yeah. about it in the next two hours so only yeah. about it forget yeah, recovery so yeah lizard men and i absolutely adored them i still do um and as a child i probably didn't understand that you could play both systems um and then it was as like second edition was sort of dying out and third edition started and there was a brand new army at the time uh dark elder who came out and I, that was my first army um in one all right and it's obviously my my main faction now but that's essentially how i got into the hobby it's been a really oh really cool so is is it still i know it's still your main faction but do you play other faction uh in terms of 40k no yes yeah, yeah no, no. now i've got no other army. So I used to, I used to dabble. So, you know, I played Dark Elder when they first came out, but I think the third edition in the late nineties, early millennium, was a very sort of, very much a golden age for Warhammer 40,000 when you're seeing these like almost, um, you know, we're getting big glow ups now in 10th edition. Yeah. Had massive glow ups in third edition of like Tyranids and these space rings. I remember seeing like, you know, the Eldar Guardians, like, you know, going from those static ones, to the, the early Jez Goodwin ones, like, it was absolutely phenomenal. 
Um, but yeah, it was just love uh, it. Yeah, really, love really it. Love so it. Pop a, pop a purist faction here. I love it. That's brilliant. Yeah. So and then I, I did. Um, so I did have other factions. I sort of you know, dabbled around, took the the cliched, you know, time away from the hobby for the cliched reasons. Yeah. Uh, and came back into it and you know, dabbled with other armies. Dabbled with X dice. X dice. I absolutely adore. And uh, I worked on a sort of kit bashed army, and then. Obviously, this is around sort of 2009 and 2010. Got back into Dark Eldar and um, haven't looked back ever since. But especially you know, when my daughter was uh, on the horizon, sort of six, seven years ago, um, I needed to liquidate a lot of armies, you know, and I raised um, you know, a decent amount of money. But that, that money at the time allowed me to continue with my Drakari and continue going to events in that sense. So nice. a lot of armies went in terms of 40k, but. Um, We've got a few sort of Asia Sigma armies sort of kicking around, which I want to do, like Eidenep and other things, Skaven. Um, but yeah, Drakari is um, it's where my heart lies. I think there's a lot to be said for focusing on one army. There's a lot you can enjoy playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we love uh, faction specialists. We had many on uh, on the on the podcast. So definitely looking forward to, to carry on on this uh, discussion. However, there is my favorite question now, which is, what is your least favorite faction? That can be from an aesthetic point of view, law point of view, or mm. the play style. Doesn't just have to be one. Why so style? Me, so for me, there's two, right? <laughs> and the first one is cliched, in a sense, and you've said it already, right? Every Drakari <laughs> player hates Tau. Hates every, Tau. You can and say every is, player, but yeah, it's yeah. fine. And I think it's because it's through no sort of fault of their own. They are very sort of mono in their play style. They are the shooting army, right? They're mobile shooting, and they do shooting very well. And I think any sort of veteran Dark Elder player will have almost like a PTSD, right, of like hmm. just getting shot off, off, you know, the board. Why them? Because it's just it's very difficult. But I think hmm. a lot of modern players aren't aware of the luxury of the terrain that we have yeah. nowadays. There is, actually is line of sight blocking terrain. If you if you go back a few editions, like um you know Planet Bowling Ball was the norm. You go to the Warhammer world and there'd be four ruins on the table and that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and, still the same now. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> nowhere to hide, nowhere to hide. No. <laughs> so I think in terms of the matchup it became the one that almost become an auto loss. And mm. over time I know obviously Tau you know, their, their power wanes to a degree. And then when the Codex comes out, they get, you know, good. And then we just get shot up. I've got a fairly good record against Tau in sort of recent years. But I think that's just because at the moment, well, at the start of 10th, we were quite a good shooting army as well. We had quite a lot of uh, good firepower. Yeah. Their suits, obviously, the, the, um, the way drains worked, you know, it wasn't as awful for us. But mm. I guess over, yeah, over time, Tau, but that's mainly from... A gameplay perspective, but at the same time, they're redeemed by Crete. I absolutely love Crete. I'm a big fan of like, the Mind of Xenos. I think seeing the yeah. Crete units coming, that's quite exciting for me. Um, the second faction, which I, I don't dislike, but I do in a way, and it's a bit of a sort of a, a weird one, more of a personal story, I guess, and that is like Imperial Knights, because I think when they came mm. out, and yeah. they're exciting, but they almost like break the game. In a way, like, you know, the Titanic yeah. units, when they came out, it was a very weird time, and I think it was at 6th edition. And it drove a lot of my friends out of the game where before a 2,000-point battle of Warhammer 40,000 was obvious in the sense that you had, like, your force organization charts, and you, you knew what was happening. 
Whereas at the time we had the void shield generator systems everywhere. And, you know, if you weren't prepped for an Imperial Knight, you couldn't win the game. And mm. especially for Dark Eld at the time, uh, Imperial Knights were absolutely off because you had a few blasters in your Venoms here and there, but um, Dark Lancers just weren't powerful enough to really take down like an Imperial Knight army. So, yeah, um, yeah they sort of rippled the game and sort of, um, for me, I lost a lot of close friends from <laughs> 140,000 at times. So I guess it's almost a bit more of a personal story. Um, but I never quite like playing against knights either. But I do, you know, it's still cool to have big things in the game. I guess if there was like a, a massive, yeah. talking bigger than a Tantalus centerpiece, I'd probably be more excited for like you know, Titanic units. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I mean, both of your answers. Uh, since we started asking this question a year and a few months ago, basically, they tend to be some of the most common. And uh, it's not because people dislike the model or the aesthetic or whatever. It's literally the the, the, the play style. And as you said, with gunline like Tao, if you can deal with a gunline, you're fine. It's more like, can you deal with a gunline or not? And if the answer is no, it's just a lost game. Uh, yeah. And Night is kind of the same because they are so skewed by nature. Yeah. So, like, have you got anti tank? Yes, okay, can deal with them pretty much. Not, not that straightforward. Anti tank is the yeah, bigger exactly. question. And uh, or, or not. So, it, the, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I played night uh, last summer for a month, and uh, but I do enjoy. It's a lovely hobby project, as you said. A nice, pre- amazing. Uh, centerpiece. Each one can be a centerpiece. So from a hobby project, I really, really like them. Play style, they're boring as fuck. I get it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> too boring. So, but yeah, okay, that, that, that's that's quite cool. So, and recently, well, yeah, okay, James is showing on an audio-only podcast this <laughs> night that he's building. But um, what have you been doing hobby-wise, Paulie, recently? So obviously with Sky Splinter um, you know, coming up, it's been a very exciting time for Trakari players. I think, you know, without spoiling, I guess, you know, probably future questions, you know, the next half an hour or hour, um, there's a few units who have sort of come back into vogue in your real space raids. So we've been nice. working on um, some Incubi, some extra Archons. Um, I have some Scourges who I've always wanted to do a conversion with the uh, Sylvaneth. Gossamid archers from Asia Sigma with the oh, right. um, That's cool. dragonfly wings. I've always wanted to do those um, as wings were scourges. And uh, so I've got a hold of some of those and working the units of them. Um, because as someone who focuses on one army, I have a you know a really big, wide collection of Drakari. But not everything is painted to a standard I'd like it to be. So scourges were reasonably okay in sort of some of the earlier editions um, since 2010. But they really came back with a big bang in Index 8th edition. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had lots of units of those with Dark Class at the time. It's quite funny that it's you know, come round again. Um, and so since they've been so good at the start of this edition, they've come back onto the field. But they were rushed for an event uh, at, in a premiere in at 1am yeah. in 2018. And like, <laughs> I've never really... You know, they don't, they're not a good enough standard that I'd like to um, represent myself on the battlefield as it were so um, yeah i'm looking to try to retire those and paint some new ones so nice um, yeah, really, really fun uh, hmm. the models look one really of my favorite units to work at the moment is um mm. a mercenary unit of incubi but i've made them out of the striking scorpions so 
it's leaning into sort of like the background, the law behind the, you know, the fallen Phoenix Lord Ara, who's like said to be like nice. the, the, the father of scorpions, the founder of the Incubi. Um, so the idea is that they're like a mercenary sort of splinter shrine, um, but they sort of blend the techniques of the striking scorpions and the Incubi. So you know they're they're fearless, like you know, silent bodyguards, but also sort of stealthy. So they use like you know, different sort of um, weapons, like from across the different units. So. Nice. That's oh, really it's nice to inject a bit of sort of fluff and lore into your modeling projects as well. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's cool. I mean, Intercardi allows to to do nice conversion as well. So, so. yeah. So it's yeah. not like I mean, even my sisters. I mean, I got a large collection of sisters, but apart from some character, it's more difficult to kind of blend them in exactly power armor is power armor so but the character you can go crazy so but Drukari i can see it that you can mix and match different diary and things like that so it's very cool yeah. oh, i love it how about you james so um if you're interested in seeing those models because um mm. they are really cool they are on sky splinters um actual facebook uh, page so if you search sky splinter on facebook you will be able to see those as well they are very cool i do keep seeing them pop up on the drakari page as well um so myself i have also been painting shockingly enough some incubi so i've now have 25 out of my 30 are painted I've also been painting a variety of different scourges, racks, because I had to rearm all the racks. Because again, where war gear went out the window, a lot of Drakari players had to suddenly re equip their capolites if they hadn't been doing it for a while. <laughs> that was difficult, right? So, yeah. when you're in, so, capolites in the last couple of editions, competitively, you're probably taking like five naked guys, no upgrades. You know, a literally blaster at best, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe a blaster. Uh, obviously, you probably would have a unit of Treeborn, so you probably would have had a couple of Blasters and a Dark Lance at the last yep. mission. Whereas now, you know, finding a Shredder for the first time ever, like, what, what is a Shredder? And you, you're probably yep. using them with Blast Pistols to convert Blasters in all the time. Mm. Um, and with the Racks as well. It's yep. yeah, it's, it's been finding in that sense. But mm. and I think, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I know a lot of people complained but it's also like going to be the new thing now. Like no one else is ever going to complain about this. Apart from other people maybe re- returning to the army with like um, an old collection, all the new players weren't know different. Yeah. It's like when um, Drakari, when Dark Elder got renamed Drakari, and everyone was moaning, and everyone was like, you know, everyone's going to call him Dark Elder. Everyone's going to call Ashamilitarum Imperial Guard. It's like, well, every single new player coming in is going to adopt that name. And it, it will become the, the norm. Like I almost use mm. the names like you know, um, simultaneously as it were. But mm. it's just go the flow. It's go. Sometimes you just have to go the, the modernization. Yeah. No, the yeah, it was the shredder uh, splinter cannon for me. Was trying to find the arm in the bits pile with mm. the little bit, the handle. That was the worst one for me. But yeah, it's it's something that people. Yeah, it will slowly evaporate. I think it will be them people buying stuff on eBay. Like, I bought 10 Cabalites, and they've all got basic weapons. What am I meant to do with them? Yeah. It's a good thing, in a way, as you said, for new player, because <sighs> when I started a few years ago, there was nothing more frustrating than buying Vanguard veterans. And it's like, I want them all with a Thunderhammer. 
Oh, there is only one in the box. Yeah. Right. Let's go on eBay or 3D printed mm. or whatever. And then you ended up with many bits that you're never going to use. So or suddenly Thunderhammer, not that they ever were, but suddenly like Thunderhammer loadout or Lightning Claw loadout would suddenly not fit the meta because suddenly every like you've got, oh, Power Fists. Oh, everything's minus one damage. Well, the, I might as well just take Lightning Claws. Um, I broke so many arms to those poor Hangar <laughs> veterans over the year. Bless them. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. The other thing I'm currently building for tomorrow is a Night Lancer because I'm taking knights out for a spin. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's a lovely model. Don't rush it, mate. Don't rush it. <laughs> oh, no. It'll just be the basics. Um, yeah. I, I sadly, I love knights, but I totally get the feeling. So I sometimes yeah. play them at events for that pure reason that people have to play me. Um I don't tend to subject people locally to them. <laughs> it's, it's uh because, yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's nice it's nice to go to big events sometimes and not have to because I talk big. too much. Yeah, so it's a little bit easier. Um but also but I I guess, did... like, you should never like disparage Someone else for like fielding the faction want to use, like you know, yeah, yeah, like, you know, let them crack up, like yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's also and, yeah. when people want to jump on what's hot. It's like, well, it's their money and time. Like, let them enjoy the hobby. Like, mm. if people are meta chasing, then that's how they want to do it. And I guess in a weird yeah. way, I almost chase my own meta. I chase my own Drakari meta. It's yeah. like it's, yeah. you do you. End of the day. Mm. Yeah, I do like that for Drakari. To be honest, in terms of. If I'm like, oh, I want to pivot because I do have, aside from three Tantalus, I do pretty much have everything um, in the right numbers. So that's quite nice of, oh, I can just use that. So it's quite nice when you get to that level of collection, um, which is easier with Drakari than something like Space Marines, um, just because of the well, Space Marine. Sheets. Well, Space Marine is, uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like playing Netflix. You know, you pay every yeah. month something new. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Like literally an event comes out and everyone's bought a Storm Raven map. Um, <laughs> so, Simone, we haven't asked you. What have you done hobby-wise? I've been waiting all week for you to ask me this question. So <laughs> I've done lots of stuff, really, hey. hobby-wise. So I play lots of games. I yep. got third place at the event that I was talking about the GT last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy about that. Very losing good. losing to just to the winner, Adam. Yeah. So it was great to see the podium. It was Adam, Necron, Steve, Necron, Necron. and then myself with sisters. And um, uh, basically all of us, basically Adam and Steve, they came on in our podcast to talk about Necron as local heroes. So it was great to be all three of us on the on the podium as well. It was Ragnarok event uh, GT, which was a lovely event. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was the venue was great in a lovely hotel. So we had food, we had lots of familiar faces, new faces. So the atmosphere was amazing. So well done, Mark, for organizing such a great event. Um, all my opponents were great. I loved all my game. So played. I'm not going through all of them in detail, even though I love to, but it was uh, Space Marine. And then I've got, oh gosh, I can't even remember now. More Space Marine with Buzz, and then the Necron, and then Orcs, and then Space Wolves. So it was a bit, quite variety. It was quite nice. And um, so, yeah, that was my highlight. So first podium. After many just missed it on the top table, so very proud. Um, and then I painted a lot, 
painted a couple of Pegasus for the old world Bretonian box. So start, which are the, the model dislike the most from the box. So I wanted to start from them, but actually I quite like it because the technique is a bit different. So all of three are going to paint them slightly differently. And um, so, yeah, that, that's quite enjoyable. Nice. That's cool. And then, uh, yeah, I started looking at demons now. After years of sisters, <laughs> just looking at sisters, now I'm going to start with a bit of chaos demon and painting some nerglings, painting some flamers that look like a German flag because I can blend okay. and uh, things like that. So, yeah, really enjoying myself with the hobby, really immersed mm. into the hobby so far. Getting your, getting your value. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You, you uh, can tell when Simone's wife's gone to Italy with the children because <laughs> his play potential goes up astronomically he's like every day he's like anyone want a game anyone anyone got time for a game it was brilliant um, because i did mm. in that week they've been away bless them uh, the first week i went to a gt i did terribly with zero reps and then the week after i i've done a one yeah one game a day i think i had two one day but and uh, and then the day uh, the week after just one week i got podium with it so you can tell yeah. when I do reps or when I don't. You had your practice, which is, you know, so. that's what helps. So, so, moving on to the, the main sort of uh, aspect. Um, so, we, we semi-answered this a little bit, but I think we can go a bit deeper. Um, what actually drew you into playing Drakari as your choice? When you were presented in Games Workshop, when you sort of uh, came in, all these different choices, what drew you to them initially? So, Dark Elder were new at the time. Looking back, the vast majority of that range has not aged well. And in all honesty, a lot of the range wasn't good when it came out. Um, mm. I think from reading, reading between the lines, I know Gary Morley uh, a few months ago went to the painting phase and lifted a bit upon the curtain to sort of explain how it was very much a rushed project. Things were done very quickly. I always think the Eldar Guardians came out by Jez Goodwin. Was that like a couple of months later? And you think, what if Jez yeah. Goodwin had the time and done the original Dark Elder Warriors, as it were? But um, I think they still had a charm. And I, again, the, the witches have really bad proportions, but I just always really liked them. There's something about sort of space gladiators, that aesthetic was awesome. And, you know, when you sort of mix it with like, you know, the, the Dark Elder Warriors, the Kabbalites at the time, um, hmm. the Incubi. I think there still are good, good models. The the your face is my face archon still, you know, quite an iconic model. Like there's lots there. I, I love the variety of it, and um, yeah, just really interesting, mm. especially in the codex, you know, the eight pound pamphlet codex at the time. There's some very nice. interesting sort of color combinations and color schemes as well. Mm. Nice. Yeah, they definitely had character as it were which was quite because again like obviously the law behind them is quite dark in general even for 40k um yeah they a lot of the models had proper character compared to you know your clean cut space marines yeah. but yeah so um obviously drakari have been both horrendously broken and horrendously bad uh through editions um what's kept you um, playing them, what's kept you by their side all that time? So for me, there's almost I, I approach the hobby in almost a I like 
all of the pie. I like to be, I've never called myself a complete player, but in the sense that I like everything. I think there's, you can get almost your money's worth, right? You can interact with so many different sides of the hobby. And I think Drakari lend themselves very well to that in the sense that if you like the lore, you can really sort of dive deep into the lore with the army. Um, there's so much you can do in terms of painting and modeling. There's lots of play styles. So for me, the first and foremost, especially in 20, like since the 2010 reflect, um, refresh, the model range is superb. Maybe some of the units, the, the kits, maybe show their age ever so slightly. I'm sure some of those you'd like to think they might get updated, like, similar to how you know Guardians and Necrons and uh, mm. Orcs, you know, their yeah. their battle line were updated in recent years. So um, I, I still think a couple of Warriors, you know, stands up mm. really well. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the fact the hands of the Archon, um, you know, upgrades spree came out recently. Maybe they won't get updated, but I think maybe Witches might because they're I think one of the few units by GW that are still on 25 mil slotters, I want to assume, but it's the, um, yeah, the model range is yeah. just absolutely stunning. I uh, mm. I really just like all of it, uh, and I think some of them are timeless. Some of them will be replaced over time. You look at the Claude Fiend, who came out in 2011, and it's a fine cast model, so it's going to die, but that model is still absolutely superb. Um, so wh- where the model range itself is nice, it also, and we touched upon this earlier, the kit bashing opportunities are just insane. So it's, I think the, the way the, whole, the the army was designed, and obviously when you look at new sculpts, it's quite modern things have like the torso and legs together, right? Whereas um, for the most part in the Dark Elder range, um, it's always like, you know, you have the torso, you have the legs. So there's lots of posing you can do, but there's lots you can do to swap between all the different units. So mm-hmm. The Cabalites oh, nice. can interchange really well. Like, for okay. example, Scourges, if you want to take a Scourge head and put it on a Cyberite and make like a unique, you know, sort of um, person there, uh, mm-hmm. you can do that. Um, the Scourges unit is one of my favorite for kit bashing um, yeah. because you have like the different sort of pouches. So if you want to take something which is not a Tracari model, you add some of those pouches in the vials and also from the Hellions, the shoulder pads, from there and straight away you can make it look um mm. very tracari um yeah. and also if you want to make some cool sort of um you know like a really nice hecatrix is like leaping up in the air the scourge's legs work there's just so many so many opportunities and mm. especially for the characters you can delve really sort of deep into there that. uh-huh, um, that's very cool yeah and it, there's some really good it's... lore as well sorry james you're gonna say no 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 it's the re uh, while we're on the sort of kit bashing side it's the reaver jet bike heads are probably one of the most yeah. popular ones that people put on every Drakari model here because yeah. they're so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely phenomenal. And that's a really nice sort of segue in a sense that in terms of the lore, there's some really rich lore in there. The Codex is really, really good. And I'll definitely say to any new Drakari players to look at some of the older ones. If you can get the, the, the one from third edition, it's nice as a bit of a retrospective. But the 2010 book is really good because there's obviously a few special characters from there who were mm. act. Um, but in, in terms of lore, there's so many sort of avenues you can go down. And I, lo- I love theming and kitbashing models because it can sort of inform, like the lore can inform the kitbashes or the kitbashes yeah. inform the lore. So, for example, I love to make my units individual. Um, and I've got a unit of witches who were 20 strong at one point when the, the Cursed Blade uh, witch bomb coming in from Deep Strike was good. And I was <laughs> like, you know, how, you know, what, what can I name them? How are they going to stand up? So I was like, cool, they're, 
They are called the Black Blossom Gang. And um, so what, what's going to be the, the USP, their unique selling point? It's like, well, I'm going to make them all female. Um, so all female models. And they're not going to have the, the fancy weapons, apart from like the Chardonnay and the Impalers. They're not going to have the punch swags. They're all going to have just daggers. And that's going to be their idea. Um, and I was like, you know, how are they going to look cool? And I was like, they're all going to have the Riverjet bike helmet. So, like, you know, there's just so much you can do nice. in terms of, like, you know, building up your own lore. And I think mm. there's a lot to be said oh. where if you name your units and your characters, they'll perform mm. better on the battlefield, potentially, yeah. maybe. Um, and, again, like, diving into Drakari, I think one of the most appealing points for me is the multiple sub-factions. So okay. you have your Cabalites, you have your, your main part of the army. But then you have the the witch cults, um, which is your witches and your reavers and your hellions, and then you also have the homunculi covens as well, um, and they're all you know very quite distinct um, parts. Like they could, so someone who doesn't play Warhammer Forty Thousand outside, I might look at those and be like, well, they're all elves, but you know they look as quite sort of separate armies. Yeah. But when you, you know when you have like a, a unified color scheme or basing theme. Um, as an army, it can look really stunning on the battlefield. But also sometimes, you know, for the most part, it's going to, an Archon has organized a raid and it's, it's about a case of like, you know, who, who can we hire for this? Who's going to join in? So I think having a bit of a ragtag faction is interesting. Mm. And obviously you have the Blades for Hire as well, the different sort of mercenary groups. And obviously recently, I say recently, Harlequins have been out for ages, but you know, Harlequins, you know, that's another avenue you can go down. Um, I've always found like that the idea of allies is a bit weird, whereas, but now you can just have Harlequins in there. You know, it's part of the rules, part of your yeah. army. It's not an issue. And obviously, another um, sub-faction that I absolutely adore is the Corsairs as well. Um, when the Corsairs came out, I think they're just, the kit for me is, I think it's my favourite Eldari infantry kit. I think it's absolutely stunning. Um, the bits in there are mm. just, all the heads and the extra parts, I think, if you're a newer Drakari player and you're looking to add a bit of um, pizzazz, as it were, like some extra conversions to your army, it's just there's just such a plethora of really unique parts in there. So I definitely recommend that. And then keeping on the multiple sub-factions theme, it's just the, the play style. Like, mm. you know, if you were to run a witch cult-only army, you know, you'll have a very melee-focused but fast army, or if you lean more into the covens, you'll probably be a bit more resilient and the ability to, you know, play around especially in previous editions with like leadership style attacks um and i guess sort of rounding it out the drakari community is i'm very biased because you know i i am a drakari player and i do a lot in the community but there's a lot of really sort of great community leaders out there there's a lot of veteran drakari players i always find in that community itself, there's always a lot of passion. There's a lot of people who really care about that faction. I guess it's because, you know, we went from 1998 not having, apart from like, you know, the revised Codex and further down, yeah. we didn't get a Codex for 12 years. We didn't get a model release for 12 years. And actually, since that 2010 Codex came out, yes, they've updated a few things in, in plastic over the time. But actually, since 2011, when like the Beast and um, Succubus and Rex came out, we've had no like brand new units now. So it's actually that's 14, 13 years now. So I think that would be interesting. But you know, the community is really strong, um, very, very helpful. Again, um, I think the army, because the amazing models and kit bashing attracts a lot of very sort of talented hobbyists as well. And everyone is yeah. very, very helpful to each other. So um, out of all the elves, I think they are the one there. That... 
might prefer aesthetically because of the pirate look, you know. Yeah, I'm not an elf fan for sure, except the Kaiganil, the one that got in my army because I'm always happy when he dies. And uh, but other than that, the Drukari are definitely the one with because of the pirate look, the the, yeah. the boat, the raider, and everything else. Oh, the, the, they're wicked. And there's one final point to make as well. It's just the fact that they've always been sold, and I guess it is true, is that, you know, like people said, they're not a beginner army. Mm. And I, I do think that's true, but they are an army which really rewards um, experience. That You know, they, they very yeah. much are a scalpel. Sometimes that scalpel, you know, is like laser beams shooting out of it, like in, you know, in Night Edition. Um, but they're glass hammer but they their play style is very rewarding as well really good yeah absolutely i mean uh, when i joined the hobby uh at the end of eight then not even a year later was the drukari codex of mm-hmm. nine that came out and that was just made everyone hating drukari so much <laughs> it was just ridiculous ridiculous how did you find the community back then because they i guess there was like a an injection of new player jumping on the bandwagon of it yeah did they yeah, all yeah. did they all disappear all the sudden or did they stick around it's, it's a good point and it's something which i guess in the community is it were like especially like you know managing the facebook group mm. you have to manage that expectation where there's a lot of new players and there still are you know, new people coming to Trikari and you know, every single day, every single day in Facebook or in Discord or Reddit, um, be- the Beastmaster unit is really popular at the moment. But obviously being a fine cast uh, range rotated unit, you constantly see people being like, I can't buy this. Where can I get this? How can I make this? But you see the same post every single day. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, at the same time, it's, and you get a few snarky people now and then who like, rah, 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 you should search, which they should do. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's just, it's a very helpful community as well. A lot of people mm, do tend nice. to stop to help. Um, and for me, you know, I made the point earlier about, you know, it's people's money and time, let them spend it how they like to. But also, you know, if you were to look at Dark Elder, yeah, so they didn't get any you know, input for you know, 12 years. Obviously, it was Phil Kelly and Jez Goodwin. It was their passion project to bring them back. Um, but they haven't seen you know a lot of injection of, of units since. So actually, by being a bit powerful in Night Edition, I think it's because they just they played that edition very well. I think that's just what it was. And also, that codex was launched obviously during the pandemic. And I think yeah. if some of the other codexes which came after it were released in a faster fashion, which you would expect them to be in a non-COVID time, I think they wouldn't. There'd be a few more gatekeepers would have came and pushed Drakari down a bit. Whereas I think. Mm. Drakari just sort of reigns supreme. Yeah. If Tau and Custodes had come out the month after Drakari, yeah, yeah. you just, people would have forgotten about Drakari very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But the only sort of, the only real counter, and it wasn't a great counter, was Death Guard. The minus one damage basically dampened the, the Incubi output a little yeah. bit. And that was sort of, and also um, Mortarium was utter bitch to kill um so that that was sort of the counter almost otherwise there was nothing was the problem (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I used to i i I was playing brad dangerous at the time it was like 
the fuck is this? Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll make and you I'll... fight last, and yeah. you fight last, and you fight last. <laughs> all my stuff is damaged too, and all your marines are dead. Exactly. Oh, and this so... this succubus will 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 probably murder what it touches. Yeah. Um, not not the crazy initial razor flowers thing where people were like, "Are oh, we double the attacks and it's forty two attacks?" And you're like, "No, that's clearly let's, not what they intend." Uh, the other one with the uh, mortal wounds. <laughs> let, let's not. That look was at, fun. Let's look at not bad, bad memories from the past. <laughs> let's move on. Let's look... Depends which side of the fence you're on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no. So, um, what's been out of the additions you played, Drakari? What's been your favourite one to play Drakari in? Obviously, 10th is quite new still. Yeah, um, it's a good question in the sense that I played them in every edition. I did not play 4th edition at all. Uh, when I played 3rd edition, I was really young. You know, I never really played at the start of that edition, especially when I played Dark Elder. It was always playing with my Warhammer on the carpet of friends. It was never like yeah. a, a real structured sort of battle. So. I guess my main playing experience came in from 5th edition. I think towards the end of 5th edition, that's when I started sort of dipping my toe in sort of competitive play. Um, I think my two favourite editions to play was 5th edition, because everything was brand new, and you got these just incredible new range of models. They're just absolutely fantastic. And that codex was and still is full of flavour. Um, you have so many amazing special characters who, due to the alleged, well, the reason alleged reason why they've got removed, which you would assume is fact, is about you know, the, the chapter house debacle where Games Workshop no longer produce um, rules for units about a model, which meant we just lost so many great special characters and hopefully they return. I'm sure you're all aware, and any listener of my podcast would be aware, that Duke's Liskus is my favourite special character ever, and that's what my army is themed around. Um, so in this edition, in this codex, so it started, do you remember Warseer back in the day, like the most popular forum on the internet from TK? And I remember like yeah. seeing the sort of the leaks and there was a, a list of all of the um, units that were going to become in the Dark Elder Codex. That's all people knew. All they knew was names of things. And I just saw Duke's Liskus the Serpent. And I was like, they sound cool. My army will be themed, will be based on them. And that's what I did. And then, you know, it really helped that his background is absolutely just awesome. His rules were fantastic. Um, And yeah, and then he just never got a model uh, and then just uh, and disappeared. Mm -hmm. But he he lives on. He lives on. Um, But that that codex is great. There there was just lots of really nice war gear. Um, Flavorsome is how to describe it. Really rich. um, And lots, lots of really cool stuff in there. And obviously, mm-hmm. in 2014, the next, you know, and that was, uh, I think, for 6th or 7th edition, wasn't it? And um, they stripped out a lot of things from there, and that wasn't a fun yeah. time. 8th edition was good, but and I guess not to rile people up, but 9th edition was pretty fun with Drakari. It was a very melee focus. I think our shooting yeah. was probably a bit too poor. Um, but I think there was a few good things pros and cons of that codex and it reminded me a lot of the craft world eldar codex which came out in um was it seventh or eighth edition or seventh edition when that codex was bonkers wasn't it it was absolutely yeah. insane was that the way just well, the last time wraith knights were good basically yeah you, you could literally randomize your army list and people did that as well i remember listening mm. to i think it was the, the old allies of convenience podcast like one of like the um, I think Team Wales at England players just like 
P20s on army list. I still, you know, did really well at a GT with it. Um, <laughs> and it's where the book was just internally, it was really well balanced. Everything was good. And I know, you know, in t- for ninth edition, they tried to really make everything play like the law. And I think mm. for the most part, I think they missed a bit of the shooting, but they succubi for the first time were great. And with all the different sub factions and build a bear style, like, you know, making your own sub factions, you can make some really flavoursome homunculi. I, you know, the way you're able to make your master archon, splinter genius, with like, you know, there's so many different builds, and I really love that. Um, yeah. And for the most part, every unit was viable. And things that I think at the time, beasts, weren't great, but they're more skippable because Hellions and other things like in the fast yeah. attack at the time were just competing better. So it was, um, yeah, it was a good time. When you had like the stratagems for like the I can't remember what it was or what it did, but the Reavers and Hellion stratagem. Oh, like... uh, oh, it's gonna bug me. What's it called? <laughs> yeah, but that's great. When they start X amount of inches, if they're near each other, they'll get sort of yeah, yeah, they got a buff. Um, and yeah, that like little bits like that were really cool, and I think. I think that's where possibly the index has suffered slightly, where particularly when Real Space Raid came out was six stratagems where you could use one of them on three characters, one of them on a third of your army, one on a third, one on a third was like quite whereas before you had like six per like you had six coven, six um witch and six cabal effectively. Um so that was I found that a bit of a struggle initially, where it yeah, sort as you of, said, uh, it might be it might be the index limitation, mm, and especially yeah. for something like Drakari, they've always been based on a different sub faction yeah, merged yeah. together. Where now you're forced to go think one yeah. one other direction. Mm. So yeah, where demons are similar in that sense, where they use basically the uppy downy strat, and that's pretty much it most of the time. <laughs> No, yeah. no, there is the three-inch deep strike. Oh, no, yeah. there are a couple. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple. Sticky objective. No, there are a couple. There are a couple. Mm. But the but sticky, like, like my... space marines with like their all, oh, yeah. all the strats are good. It's just like yeah, mm. sister yeah. is the same. Yeah. Sister is the same. Five out mm. of six are really good strat. Space the space so. marine ones are you know depending on the detachment, most of mm. them are pretty good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I get yeah. the limitation for something like mm. Trukari where in it's, an index you want to please. I I get it um. in a sense that it's thematic, um, mm. but it was I found it, it sometimes frustrating where grenade yeah. was uh, for the first because I, I took them to Nottingham. I was playing them from about I think October up till currently because um, I, I I was playing Eldari, never played Wraith Knights or anything, and I just got sick to death of playing Eldari. I love Eldar. Um, like they were my first faction when I started Warhammer, and like I just got sick of the feeling towards Eldari. So I was like, "Fine, I will play Drakari. People can't be upset with me if I go back to Drakari." Um, and I think yeah, it was one of those things where it was that limitation. Where previously in Ninth, where I'd played Drakari, you had so many more stratagems. I think that for yeah. me was one of the things with the index that I found frustrating, I guess. Yeah, What's your enough. feelings about um, if we do the index on release and then the index post data slate? I think it's possibly like an overall feeling around it. 
Yeah, I, 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 um, I really agree. I think it's where you have so many sub-factions that almost, if Drakari were going to have maybe 12 strats, would that have worked a bit more? Or maybe it would be you know, free for each of them. I think Real Space Raiders made a lot of sense. Mm. But with all the sub-factions, it was never really going to sort of work. Um, and I think just the, the detachment rule of just having a couple of extra pain tokens when your Eldar cousins can re-roll to hit and re-roll to wound of every unit, and you're just like, what, yeah. what is this? Yeah, it's... Um, it, oh. We did, you know, it's a simplification of temp edition, which I think a lot of people have gotten over. You know, mm. they're taking rerolls out of the game, whereas Dark mm. Elder players now just reroll everything constantly, <laughs> literally. Um, but I think we did lose a lot when they took some of the flavor out. And I think there are things which I think you'd be expecting for them to come back in um, as stratagems. I think we're one of the few armies to really sort of lose invuns. Like Venoms and Raiders going up to six up in run, I think really did hurt us quite a lot. And right. um, you know, Incubi are very, very good now, but that's only because that who can lead them and their abilities via the new detachment, whereas um they were stripped back quite considerably. Whereas if you were to keep their, you know, their punch from the previous codex, they'd still be, you know, They'll probably be too viable with the Archon and Sky Spinter mm. on top of you know their old stat lines, but vanilla sort of real space raiders start of index. Um, there was just too much power just stripped out of them, and I think it still is there. And I think a lot of players, again, not trying to keep get ahead of myself, but I think that every man Drakari player without the experience, they might see some players of notoriety doing well at GTs, but it's still going to take a lot to sort of really sort of like hone your blade and get up there. Because I think they probably still don't hit quite hard enough. But at the same time, the minute that scalpel gets a bit too hot, Drakari could just take over again. I think it's a weird fan act. And I think maybe there's something to be said for the speed of the Eldari armies. I mean, holistically in the sense of, you know, Asiani and um, Drakari together where maybe GW, do they struggle to balance a little, where if something's really fast and very good at hitting, but has the shenanigans to get out of there afterwards, the minute they get a bit too good at one thing, they will just take over potentially and empower so much. And I think the reason why they can't balance Eldari is they just lend themselves well to temp position. And yeah. Temp position is almost like a sequel to Knight in how a lot of the secondaries work. And when you're very fast, you can achieve those. When you've got MSU, you, you can just you can do that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of the things that I see on opponents' faces when I play them at events for the first time with Drakari, and they go like, especially now with the Sky Splinter, because obviously Witch Cult wasn't really a thing yeah. <laughs> in yeah. uh, Real Space Raid. When they go, do you have any way to advance and charge? And you go, no. And they go, oh. <laughs> Like there's yeah. there's that relief after because obviously in ninth where turn two hit and you could just yeah. vomit the entire yeah. army at them quite happily, um, there is a sense of relief in that because that again is that level of speed, especially out of transports where yeah. you know witches are moving eleven before in advance and charging in ninth, where you're losing that d six extra. Um, yeah, it's quite 
I yeah. <laughs> I missed the Infinite. I missed ninth power of pain. I wish that had just propped over. <laughs> One yeah, thing I... we'd kept. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, all good. But yeah. I I do I do get the feeling with the the inbounds though. It does it does feel a bit odd that night shields became a strat almost um there's a few things which other armies have like you know the um really annoying nurgle strat where you can't target it unless it's yeah. 12 i always felt that could have been night shields you know potentially yeah. like you know turn it on one of your raiders like mm. i don't think that have been overpowered i think there's a few things in indexes where they injected quite a lot of usrs whereas we didn't seem to get all of that i, I would have liked to have seen with multiple builds for Archons where the um you know the ability to use a strap for free. You know, we, we don't mm. didn't seem to get touched no. by a lot of those sort of additions, which other no. armies seem to or generating extra CP. Yeah, that, yeah, that's another yeah. one of them. Like I, I would love um, to have seen like, you know, you take an Archon and um you you know you choose one of those three abilities. But again mm. I don't know what to simplify it, so Maybe maybe there'll be a named archon. That would be a cool thing in the. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. You know, again, it's, does I'd love to see Duke, I'd love to see it in that sense. Mm. But I think we need like a named archon. Or even, yeah. you know, when you look at the um, the new Necrons, like, you know, you've got a Necron Overlord of Translocation Shroud. Like yeah. Maybe we could have Archon with, you know, something. Yes. Sky Chariot. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like yeah. cool stuff like something that. Something like, cool. Yeah. yeah. Like a. a like, Basically, a, a Vect that's not Vect because that law wise doesn't quite sit with me. Vect turning up on a real space raid, um, but something similar. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a weird one. It's like I think with everyone getting big bads, I think Vect is inevitable. Um, mm. So I, I would still, I would still love to see it. I think you know, if a big sensitive model came out, I would just convert them to have Duke Siskus riding a space instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I think it's inevitable. But there's a lot of like hero level so characters you could like lean into anyway. Like you know, mm. the hierarchs like you know who um you know that sort of leader level for incubi. That's another sort of you know you can add in there. I yeah. think there's lots of options for characters. Mm. Yeah, I I I feel the archon side is the one because obviously we've got Drazar, um, Lilith, Urian. I, I imagine maybe Urian will maybe get a plastic model. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, I think he's too iconic not to. Yeah, um, so maybe that'll be our new character one. Um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to have that that centerpiece. You know, is would be nice <laughs> in that sense. Oh, I, I, I'm ready for new models now. Like, it, it would be nice to get grotesques and you know, get all the fine cast back. I, yeah. I do worry looking at you know Necrons lost some models, mm. Marines lost stuff like. I, I fear for beasts and court whether they're yep. too random a unit to make it into the codex. But then, mm. would I trade them for just new stuff? I, I, I'm I'm just ready for new units. I think that would be really. Yeah. Exciting. I think that would also help draw you know, even more mm. new curry players in. Definitely. So, yeah. Sorry, just to bring it back a second. So the index has is uh, luck because of the limited stratagem, the, the, the focus on some stratagem on specific number of units or just a certain number of units, etc. What about post-data slate, January data slate? Uh, what's your feeling in regard of the army? How much did it change? The new detachment, did it, did it help with the play style in general and the feeling of the army or, or not? 
So in terms of win rate, if you look at the various sources, it, it's tracking, you know, into the late 40s, um, sort of you know, hovering near to 50%, which is in GW's Goldilocks zone. So that, that means <laughs> a success for them. Um, obviously, you know, we're still early in the edition, still very few codexes out. Um, and it's just after balance updates, obviously, you know, stats fluctuate. It's hard to sort of make a decision on there. Um, but overwhelmingly, the play style, the, the player experience hmm. is, I've seen so many Drakari players on social media just gushing about using the army again. It's like, they're just really fun. They feel like Drakari. They have so many hmm. uh, movement shenanigans and melee's back. Like, I, I think for me, this is probably potentially, maybe apart from a bit of 5th edition, this is probably the best Drakari been at shooting. I'm probably okay. not even overpowered, but very, very good at shooting. But we have our melee back. We have our hijinks back as well. Um, mm. So that, that that that's really important. But I think there's a lot to be said for uh, the terrain that players are playing on. So yeah. if you were to look at GW and WTC layouts, players are doing very well. Whereas actually, if you were to filter BCP by UKTC, like you know, mm-hmm. looking at the Zach's event, yeah. um, the Drakari players post data slate aren't having a good time. Um, I think it, it could be said that maybe on the UKTC style layouts, it's a lot harder to stage and then to mm-hmm. be able to sort of trade onwards. It's not, it's not as easy to hide. Like when I design my army, I only have um, two or three. Uh, vehicles and a raider chassis because I know that's what I can hide on the board. Whereas, okay, um, you know, George from you know, Real Space Raiders podcast, he won the recent Warhammer World GT, and he took a Tantalus for the lols. And like, yeah. normally, the Tantalus you'd have to deep strike and then just hope it doesn't die the next turn. Whereas he's like on GW terrain, he could hide it. You know, it's right? Okay, ability in that sense. So, um, and obviously, you know, in the states, there's a lot of player place. Um, so it's. Yeah, it, I think there's, it's very early, but what's important to me is the player experience is so much better. Um, mm. And also it's bringing Archons back as well. Like There's a lot of players who just went missing. Like, you know, you look at um, you know, a very good example is obviously Skari, phenomenal player, really important part of the Drakari community. Um, and the WTC, he took Necrons. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a very, you know, I'd almost call it a mature decision where you know he's one of the best Drakari players that out there, um, but knew that you know so for Team Canada to do as well as they could, he was probably better taking a different faction. And I think you know, I think that says a lot about him as a as a person, as a player. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah, a team it, player. Yeah. So many people coming back to them. Like um, you know, mm. I, I wasn't playing a lot of events just to like house move and stuff. But you know, people like. Um, you know, Julio, he was the former ITC and UKTC, UKTC champion. Uh, you know, and he, he moved to Eldari because, you know, speaking to him, he didn't feel they, they were good enough. And there's a lot of players not there. And obviously, GW look at win rates. Um, you know, it's very important to look at that as a stat. But also, not wouldn't not legitimately hide it, but... For me, if you've got a win rate, that, that you know, that's a very important sort of indicator. But in terms of like the amount of players at GTs as well, like I'm, yeah. I'm not using stats and facts here. 
but I think it's relatively well known that you know you might have had custodies. Um, they were doing very poorly. Their win rate was very low, but there was probably ten times more custodies players at events in Drakari. People just weren't playing Drakari because it, it wasn't an enjoyable player experience for them. Yeah, that says a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it, it did happen to many fans. It's like same for Admec after the big nerf that they received in ninth, and then they always struggle to come back because it's lots of people just frustrating. I mean, it's a difficult new entry uh, army anyway, mm. but that, that says a lot on the faction. And yeah, you're right, on Drukhar is kind of, kind of the same. So... The new detachment for I mean I only play against once uh, with with James and uh, but as you say it does feel more Drukari because you get more mm. transport and then the movement shenanigans and everything else so it's very piratey things I really yeah, like I, it. I mean the main thing for me about the new detachment and then we'll move on to actually where we'll delve a bit deeper into sort of the detachments the units and everything else. For me, it's, it feels more fun. It's mm. not broken. It's not, you know, you're not winning every game. That's not fun um, in the same sense. Um, but it, it, it feels, as Paulie said, there's there's more elements of there's a bit more melee back. The shooting's still good. Um, there's tricks and everything else. It, it feels a bit more um, fluid. Um, mm. trying to, I, I can't think of the word that yeah. describes what I'm trying to think of. But there's that... You know, the, the movement, uh, mobile. Yeah, it's just more mobile, more active. Mm. Um, and that's Which what I, I always loved. Mm. Even yeah. when Drakari were broken, when Tau came out and Custodes came out, main, the main people thing people said, like, Drakari are a menace and they were a nightmare, but at least they played the game with you. Mm. Um, like, they killed you in ninth, but at least they came out and did it and engaged, whereas, like, mm. Tau would jump out, shoot you out of you and then disappear again and you'd be like oh like that happened cool at least Drakari came out and were willing to die for all the chaos that they caused yeah they were um, too and many that's, but yeah. yeah and that's <laughs> what i i feel with with the new detachment yeah there is there's it's engaging there's there's shenanigans but it's still playing the game with the opponent it's interacting yeah with yeah. the opponent nice um so and we've already touched a little bit on how Drakari are currently performing. They are the the new detachment has injected a bit of life, um, and we've sort of said about the fact that actually there's more players coming back, such as Scari, um, self Paulie. You went to Beachhead recently. Um, there's quite a few people are actually playing events again. The player numbers this week were 24, which obviously is quite astronomically higher than it was a while ago, which was it wasn't even in double digits. Um, so. I mean, that can raise and lower the performance by having lots of people playing the faction. Um, but how do you feel um, in the current sort of the meta armies, um, which currently really are sisters, Necrons, um, and Custodes are the, the the currently considered three top performing um, factions? Um, what? Um, how do you feel that the the Drakari fit into the current meta they're definitely i was talking to some of the players at beach and some like you know some players of notoriety like take for example alex harrison is a team england player and i was you know he, he was asking me like what what's the new detachment like 
And I, you know, I was, honestly, you know, I was like, it's, it's really, it's massively improved the player experience. It's also important to note as well that um, two other big changes did happen, which weren't, which aren't dependent on this attachment, which is obviously Archons with Incubi and the extra AP when empowered. Um, but I was, I was saying to him, I was like, yeah, they're really good. And I'm sure the top players are looking at them. But your, your, your Manny Chimas and you know, your Vix, that I don't think they're going to take Drakari to a Super Major. And I don't think Drakari will win a Super Major. People will 3 no RTTs. I've, you know, the first weekend of their use, I 3 an RTT. That's you know, really pleased with that. But I think as an army, they just and will fall down in um, in matchups, in bad matchups. And, you know, I guess, you know, looking at them now, custodies are just really, really hard. If you are playing against a custodies army or player with experience um, and equal player skill as you, you probably will lose because mm. we now can trade with melee. We now have our melee back, but they, they just fight first. They get it before just, it, it just gatekeeps us. And like you know, I, I touched yeah. on our shooting being very good, and you think, cool, 20 Dark Lancers into Custodius sounds good, but you know, they, they're, they're passing half of them, and um, it's just you're not killing enough, and they're, they're resurrecting them as well. It's just, and especially now that we moved away from being I guess you know, in early early tenth we were a bit of a skew list ourselves that we almost became spiky town. We became this mobile shooting with a little yeah. bit, a little bit of combat probably by way of Lilith. Um, whereas now we're taking a bit more of an all comers list, but actually ever so slightly to our detriment. But yeah, it, it's that there are just matchups that are too hard for Drakari, and I think are very hard to to beat. And obviously, you know, guard are looking extremely good at the moment with the artillery. Um, yeah. You know, to coin an old phrase, like leaf blower, like going against a leaf blower guard list, um, you, you can't really sort of plan for it now. And I know, um, I played one of your your guys, uh, Rog. Oh, yeah. uh, I went played against him at last time I came down to, to your mm. area raiding at uh, a Ragnarok RTT um, February 23. And you know, I played against his guard in what was the final of the RTT. And, you know, it was almost the play style against other guard players was you, you go and tag. You know, your Reaver jet bikes are running up and tagging as much as possible and your raiders are going to Russes and you're just tagging as much as you can hoping you can stop the shooting and plough through. You, you can't tag anymore. So it's nice. just guard are very, very difficult. And you do have a lot of anti-tank. You have a lot more suedo anti-tank than you realise where, you know, you're... Your witches with, with Lance, you know, yeah, you, you you can open up a lot more cans, but mm. the artillery just blows you away. And um, yeah, there's armies such as orcs as well. I find orcs are a very interesting matchup for Drakari, where mm. they're a melee focused army. Uh, a lot of people look at Dark Elder armies and say there's lo- those units on the board. Orcs match that, um, yeah. And I think it's unless you meet them in the middle, um, but their war can just overwhelm you. It's also very dependent on the build as well. If they have squig hog boys, a lot yeah. of the weaponry loses its efficiency. At least if it's multiple trucks and boys, you can pop yeah. the trucks and kill the boys with the anti-infantry. Whereas you pop the truck, or you try and shoot the um, 
the Squid Cog Boys, and they've got their five up fill no pain, a four up base save, three wounds, and a million of them that then can counter charge you from a mile away um, is quite tricky as well. Well, at the same time, you know, I've always found for the most part, Drakari have always been relatively good into Marines, but also mm. being fresh and new. Um, yeah. You know, they've got that element of surprise. And there's something which is good about 10th position being simplified is obviously it's so much easier to explain to your opponent. At the start of every game, I always ask them when I say, have you played Drakari? And they say yes or no. And obviously, uh, if they haven't played them, that gives you an advantage. Um, mm. But it's so much easier to now be like, cool, well, I this is my detachment. These are the rules. I have six straps. I'll explain very quickly and go through them. And what, what Sky Splinter Assault offers you is almost what I'd call like legal gotchas, whereas yeah. it's always important to play by the spirit of the game and um, you know explain your rules properly and avoid you know, play by intent and avoid gotchas as much as you can. Um, but I will say to someone what Wraith-like Retreat does, and I'll explain that you, you can you can move or fall back, and you know you need to be within X amount of the the vehicle to embark. But witches don't you know don't do this, mm. and they're like cool, that's fine. But they will <laughs> never see the plays coming. They'll never see the witches. No. Like I think that we worked out witches one unit can move forty inches in a turn just by. Leaping out and here and ducking and diving and making charges and consolidating piling it. Yeah. Like, people still won't see their home objective being the taken by five range, witches. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah, it's always it's always funny when I mean obviously the beast pack and you're like if I get turn one I can I can potentially take your home field and get capture any outpost. Yeah. So they're like okay cool and then they put like a, a rhino or something on their home objective and that's it and if yeah. it's the right deployment. And you get a half decent charge, and they're yeah. not screened. The beast pack is suddenly tagged that rhino. Goes cool. It's seven OC on the point. I've got a capture enemy outpost. I'll I'll lose that hundred and five point unit for yeah. for eight points. <laughs> yeah. And your rhino is currently stuck. Um, yeah, it's a uh, unit which has got even better now that there's melee. In the hmm. sense of having that vanguard, having that first thing which is you know flown into their deployment zone, they've got to deal with it. Actually, yeah. all my raiders are now staged, and if you're not dealing with these mm. beast monsters, Lelith and the Witches will probably be there Coming next in, time yeah. anyway. Probably killing yeah, it. Yeah, the the added AP on the um, beast master went from the uh, the razor wing flocks doing a, an obscene number of attacks and doing nothing to actually plinking through a few wounds, particularly yeah. into anything that is like sisters and stuff like that. They will hurt if they hit yeah. that that unit. Yeah, um, and yeah. people just don't. No, no one respects the beast pack. Yeah, I think that, that the extra AP has gone a long way, and you could you could always sort of um, call it like marginal gains across the army. But you know, in, you, you still have the armor contempt sort of strats being played against you. But actually, it's almost like they're swayed or not because you've got that extra AP anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um. Which is great for then, you know, baiting out that Vect and cool. Right, Armour Contempt's now expensive. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, which is my favourite thing to do. Um, so, um, obviously, uh, Guard is a poor matchup because of uh, the artillery, uh, particularly, you know, cracking those transports is, is sad times as a Drakari player. Um, what would you say are particularly other matches that are either in the favour for Drakari or are particularly poor? For them, 
So some other good ones, I think with Lance, it means that, you know, Lelith with witches, their blood rides, their strength four, you know, you're going from wounding things on fours to threes and threes to twos. So uh, I found recently preying on other Eldari armies, um, if, you know, unless you're playing against a top, top player, um, there's a lot more play into them. You, you can match them for speed. You can match them for uh, movement hijinks, and you can match them for just melee in general. I think that's relatively good. Uh, I've been doing very well into Necrons recently. Uh, yeah. I find that there's a few sort of things in our toolbox for that. Um, we have a lot of anti-infantry, and I guess the big unit everyone loves to run is the Technomarks and the Wraiths. But little Technomarks yep. are they make some more infantry and all of a sudden you're <laughs> them really well. You know, yeah. goes in uh, with, uh, you know, 12 attacks becoming 25 wins, but they're winning on two. So it's just um, mm. really helpful yeah. in that sense. So I've, I found uh, units like Court of the Archon with all their sheer amount of lethal hits are able to help you drag down the Satan you know, after weakening with some Dark Lances. Mm. So I find that good, but I think it's still... I think Sky Splinter Assault, I think it's still early days. I think there's a few... You know, variations of lists and um, ideas, but I think a lot of players, not a net list. I think there's something to be said for net listing. I think it's you know a lot of players. You know, the Jakari player, the most exposure will be Scary, and people naturally will go look at his YouTube and see what he's doing. Um, and you know he does some very good analytics, and you look at other players who've done very well. Like you know you'll take you know, George's list. Um, and you'll take uh, Tom Lohman from Six Plus Plus, another very good Drakari player. You'll take his Saffron Slam winning list, and you know people you know would like they've looked at mine as well. Um, but unless you really understand the nuance of what people are doing and using those units for, they probably won't replicate that on the field as well. And I think that's, that's a lot to be said for other armies, but Drakari being a glass cannon will still not be as forgiving. They they very much as I said earlier on they live and die by that movement phase. You're one inch out, and that raider venom whatever it is is not going to be there next turn. And then you've lost that lance ability. Um, yeah, it's something that can fall apart very quickly if you do you know netlist and don't understand the mechanics or you know why are there three mandrakes in the list. Oh, they're there for scoring. Well, they're also there for screening the board and. Yeah. You know, myriad of other things. Yeah, it means it's a great place. I mean, uh, mm. as as we said at the beginning, I I'm also not against meta chasing or whatever, but you do pay the consequences of jumping between uh, army mm. to army, unless you you got a brain that can adapt quickly uh, and understand quickly, basically got the talents that you can pick up the good element of the army usually stick it to a faction will help you understand the unit yeah. role better. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, which is great. And if you got a faction that people cannot jump without having experience, you know, you, you need the experience to, to play the army. I think it's a good yeah. place for an army to be. It's more rewarding mm -hmm. for the player as well. So yeah. it's good. Nice one. Yeah. Nice. So... Um, we sort of again we're doing very well at pre-answering questions. Um, sort of we sort of discussed about the new detachment and obviously the abilities of it. Yeah, my um, fault. Do I you? Bet. No, no, it's fine. I love 
you know, being efficient, <laughs> as it were. Do you feel that the new detachment has fixed Drakari? I find that an interesting question. I like it a lot. And I think it almost goes back to, without trying to be too, you know, sort of overthinking it, did Drakari need fixing? And yes, they did because they're the bottom army and people weren't playing them. Um, and I think they haven't been fixed how Votan were fixed when they were on their crazy, like, what, 35% win rate at the mm. start of the when they just were unplayable. Um, but by bringing Archons and Incubi back together and adding an extra AP and the new detachment, I think it shows a lot of thought by GW. And it's improved the play style. It's improved. There's people. The win rate has gone up, not crazy amounts, but there are people winning events. There are people winning games. Um, there are people painting more Drakari. There are people talking about Drakari more. So I think they've been improved a lot, and the player experience has dramatically improved. So I guess if that's if that means they're fixed, then I would agree. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, it's a different kind of fixed. I agree. Yeah. Um, because again, I think when like Votan, obviously, I'm glad they didn't do that because like Votan players were upset where they had to then go out and effectively buy a whole other army because everything yeah. basically halved in costs, uh, which is not what something someone wants to do all the time. Is like, oh, cool, like my army's great, but I need to invest another fifteen hundred pounds to actually play the game. Um, so, as a result of sort of um, recent games, um, particularly with the new detachment, because predominantly, aside from maybe one or two players, that's what people are using. Um, what do you think are the standout units that um, should make the core of anyone's build? So, in terms of data sheets, I'll, de- I'll definitely preface this in the sense that having played Drakari for so long, I have seen every single unit in the Drakari army be top of the game OP and also uh, regular Real Space Raiders listeners would not hear me swear often but utter mm-hmm. fucking dog shit like there have been so, some army some units which have just been absolutely awful so it's it swings and roundabouts you know it could be said that GW seems to balance things where you'll know what your good units will be in this new codex because they're bad in the previous ones and it'll be vice versa. Um, but also, you know, if we are just playing chess, I think it'd be, well, chess is a good game, but, you know, this is Warhammer, a bit boring if you didn't have, you know, sort of a bit of codex creep or almost like mm-hmm. data sheet creep as well. Um, so for me, I think there's almost a few different sort of facets of this. Um, Mandrakes and Scourges, I think, are and become like the backbone of Drakari lists. But what's interesting for me is um, the obviously the, the AP does kind of help them, but they're both not really getting into melee. Um, so they are still amazing, um, but I haven't really seen much benefit from Sky Spinter Assault. But maybe mm. they both become better in a weird way because everything else has become better. And that's going to be a point which I'll make of another unit in a minute. Uh, but Mandrakes are just um, essential. They, they're just still... You know, they, they haven't been bettered by the detachment, but they're still 
you know, every army should have at least two. And like, you know, when that nightmare box comes up for kill team, that's going to be amazing because Drakari players will stop asking how to make Madrigs and they'll be able to you know, eventually buy, uh, you know, that <laughs> point them to a box. Stunning, <laughs> stunning looking um, mm. models. Um, and again, Scourges, I, I absolutely adore them. A big debate as well where, you know, I think people are concerned about pain tokens. Um, you know, whether it's Ravagers versus Scourges, but I mean, Scourges always win out because they've got the, you know, the move, shoot, move. I think that's just yeah. absolutely stunning. But coming on to units who stand out because of Sky Splinter Assault, um, two who go hand in hand. Uh, I think people will start to drop the Archon, especially when the Vectability got nerfed. Um, but Archon and Incubi are just, yeah, amazing. Like... Incubi weren't seen on the battlefield pretty much at all in any competitive lists. Um, now people are running at least two units. Uh, I would recommend running a 10 and at least one to five. Uh, but some people are going three fives because obviously with Venoms, they've got a lot of ability to be able to get in and um, you know, hit things. Whereas uh, Incubi, the general melee effectiveness has improved other units of a data sheet, such as the Venom. So you know, the Venom's rule to be able to get back in after the, after the fight phase was all well and good, but actually we weren't really wiping things, whereas now Incubi have the ability to go into a unit, kill it, and get back into that Venom. You know, they're, they're, they're improving other data sheets with their own ability. Um, and the Archon is just, uh, it's needed. I, uh, a lot of people were debating, is Draz worth it? And I just think the Archon to reroll wounds is just staggering and the nightmare shroud will be in every single list because it's amazing i'm sure yeah if the listeners aren't aware it's a 20 point uh enhancement for your archon um to allow him and his units when they disembark from a transport for the rest of the turn to uh not be targeted by overwatch and it's just yeah it's it's absolutely great and there's, there's some other good enhancements as well and again you know it's nice to have some you know, apart from the Art of Pain, some nice enhancements compared to the, the Real Space Raiders detachments. So, yeah, they're, they're just yeah. really good. And the Incubi are great models. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see a data sheet just breathe life into this unit. Uh, Ten Incubi are fantastic. I've killed a Night Crusader on the charge of them. Just the sheer amount of attacks. Mm-hmm. And they're just re-rolling everything. And it's just, yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, the melee is back. Um, Witches. You know, witches have got so much better with the new detachment. Um, and again, that is owing to the ability to get the extra AP. That means they're now you know, minus two AP, which is great. If they're Lelith, they're minus three AP and strength four. And Lance just means that their ability to actually kill stuff. They're, they're not mm-hmm. going to go rip through things, but your witches can like, you know, start taking down little baby knights you know, that are wounded or you know, Lelith just absolutely decimate them. Um, and again, Wraith Flight Retreats, the ability to, after fighting, just move eight is just fantastic. Take objectives, really good. And when you split them uh, via Venoms, the Witches are point for point the cheapest battle line unit, your cheapest access to OC2 as well. So, oh, really man. enjoy those, really enjoy those. And to round it out, a standout unit which I absolutely adore and is my favorite unit for multiple reasons is the Course of the Archon. Um, and again, this is a unit which is on range rotation and is hard to find. Um, you can convert it. It's relatively easy to convert a lot of them. The Urgle, you can still find Blackstone Fortress, uh, plastic models on eBay. 
The slith is quite easy to convert using the Relusai um, snake ladies from the, um, what they call Daughters of the Cane from Age of Sigma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To make a Lamian, it's just a robe sort of like female character with a sword. You can make them one out of a, a witch if you really wanted to. The Medusa is slightly harder. Again, you just need like a, a cab light sort of body, maybe something with some robe legs. Um, it's a little harder to make this the brain, but I think there's some options whether you use maybe some like Delac masks from Necromunda or um, yeah. you know, just be able to try, try sculpt a little bit of a brain on there. But just such a fantastic unit. The idea of this unit, which is, you know, just this variety of like, you know, random retainers and hangers on and courtesans is just, it's one of my favorite parts of the aesthetics of the Drakari. Mm-hmm. And they are a very weird unit. And you'll say to your opponent, have you played or know what these do? They're like, cool, okay, I need to explain all the special rules in 40k in like one minute because they have access to so many of them. So, <laughs> Just to give you guys, I'm sure James, you're aware of the Court of the Archon, but to give you and your listeners a, a quick sort of whistle-stop tour of the Court of the Archon. Definitely. You have four people in there, four aliens and ladies. And what they do is, they've all got a five of them run, all top is free, uh, a variety of attacks. Uh, you've got some damage two in there from the Slith. You've got six attacks with sustained hits from the Urgle, uh, some anti two plus with the, um, the Lamian, and a few like hits from the Medusa. But and a nice little flamer. Confer lots of different special rules. They can mm-hmm. join an archon. Uh, Cabalite warriors can join this unit as well. So you, you know, you're getting the goodness from the sticky objectives from the Cabalite warriors, and you get access to their weapons. But then the Slith makes the whole unit, including the archon and the Cabalite warriors, almost want to wound, which is fantastic. Um, the Urgle makes them fight first, which makes them you know quite an interesting unit in terms of um, board control, which I absolutely love. Uh, the Medusa has a nice sort of strength six, good AP flamer weapon, which when it hits them, uh, the, the unit has to take a shock test if it's your shooting phase, which is really good. Mm. Uh, and then the Lamian gives them lethal hits. So it's just, and the Archons then allowing them all to reroll to wound. So Back it, it, in there. And yeah, if they got they can, a transport, they can, you have sustained two. And um, with a land. strap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, no, only yeah. on, oh, well, I mean, you could charge with them. They will. Um, they will do some damage. I played against Alan Perkins uh, RTT at the weekend and killed half of Trajan's squad uh, mm-hmm. with them. So they will hurt things yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, Back my life. So a bit glad, yeah. I'm glad that they've got we got you yeah. inside now. So at they least got, they're yeah. gonna see. Yeah, because yeah. you're gonna have the side right in the unit. They've got access to the grenade stratagem as well. Mm. Now, you're, you're in terms of firepower, you're pumping out two blast pistols, a blaster, you know, you're spinning to kind of dark lance, the shredder, mm-hmm. your um, the eye burst from the reducer, um, shot carbine from the slith, like there's lots there, and that's all lethal hits. So, you know, if you're trying to track right. down this a ton, you're going, cool, well, I'm just going to you know, fish for lethal hits, and then we're all my sixes, and I'm going to charge you with all those attacks and just fish for sixes and get those lethal hits. That's, you know, that's how yeah. I killed. You know, Stargold with them before. Um, but I was using them to, I'm sure there's a few of us using them in early term, but I was using them as a success as what I would like to term a reactive anvil. Now, they would start sometimes on my home objective, but they would start with the aim to get to one of the corner objectives or get to the midboard. And they'd have a surprising amount of board control. Having that fight first means that not every unit would want to charge them. Um, you know, for instance, with the, the damage to output from the Archon Slith, 
I was charged by a unit of corn berserkers led by Cotton. And before the world is swung, I killed seven of them. Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. they can put some really good firepower out there. Mm-hmm. I remember playing against an Admech player, and I was able to control a whole quarter of the board because he was too worried about his bringing his infantry round because I was going to um, overwatch him with, you know, two strength six flamers. Like, there's mm-hmm. lots of abilities there. Um, and obviously, in terms of an anvil, an anvil is always best with a hammer, right? And obviously, in Real Space Raiders early temp edition, we didn't really have many melee hammers. You'd have none of the witches were still reasonably good, but now you have hammers flying everywhere. So you know you've got your vanguard of your beast hitting the lines, um, taking your board control. You have your, you know, your your brick of incubi and other incubi sort of staging, and probably Lenith with a blood rise staging getting ready. The scourge is popping up, putting down sort of firepower. You probably have cabalites as well, doing some sort of jumping out of your venoms and shooting stuff. It's just um for me it's you know another rewarding unit. And you know, again without I keep saying that word so much, it's they're rewarding in the sense of you know the theme they bring to your arm, they're rewarding in the sense of the modeling project as well. And they're just really rewarding to use as well. Mm-hmm. So um for me, they are a standout units. Excellent. So are there any that you think are, particularly in the new detachment, a passing tumbleweed, something that's not worth considering, or, I mean, contrary to that, ones that people are, you know, missing missing a trick on? Yeah, so I think in terms of missing a trick, I think you still don't see caught as much, but again, that's because they're on range rotation. Uh I enjoyed the bomber a lot. I think a lot of Drakari players felt that uh, the 12 attacks was a typo, but we kept it. But then we went up in points in the last data slate, so I think it's probably not good enough now that you've got your melee back. Um, I know Space Marine players complain that they have like what, like 150 data sheets, but only 30 are like competitive. I think we're a lot luckier in that sense. I'm sure we'd rather have that amount of data sheets. Um, there's a few which do pass tumbleweeds, and it's, it's a bit sad that the Hellions, you know, they're really nice units, um, aesthetically. But yeah. in terms of stats, you know, they they lost, you know, some of their their abilities um, due to temp finish and simplifying them. Uh, but what they lose out on is the change to fly hurts them. But the fact they're mounted now. So yeah. you know, they're not infantry. Right. If they were mounted in infantry, then I think you'd probably see them. I probably would run one unit, but yeah. they just can't be run the board well enough. They just oh, that's a especially it's in a lot of terrain types, they just get stuck yeah, um, yeah. in the open, and then because you know they're on a six-up inbound, they're then yeah. dead. Um, yeah. It's part of, yeah part of the issue for them. Um, What's yeah. their movement? Um, Twelve. 12 or 14, something like that. I mean, they're quick, but, But, uh, you know, they can't stage easily without, you know, dying or something. (laughs) Yeah, because you have to go around, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a shame, because they're really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, the the Razorwing Jet Fighter, I think GW, especially again in 10, they struggle with, with flyers, where I think they're worried that if they're too cheap, you'll just see a flyer meta again, which, you know, I think Mm. easily can happen. Um, I think a few some points cheaper. I think you would start to see razor wings, but given the nature of the addition, you want to be taking objectives. You want to be doing secondaries, 
and the Ravager can start doing those things, whereas a Razor Wing, you know, obviously you can see over buildings better and you, know, you can position it a bit better. But I think at the moment, you're very rarely going to see them. Um, mm. Homunculi aren't bad, but I think where you have your Archon looking good, because, you know, you've got you know, three Archons is almost essentially the norm now. And the Beastmaster is mm. another character as well. And Lilith is demanding your attention. So I think Homunculi, through no thought of their own, probably aren't as in vogue as um, you know they, they could be. And obviously, yeah. they, they, they work quite well in tandem with Incubi, you know, being able to minus leadership and then have Battleshock mm. appear on the board. Like, you know, there is some yeah. synergy there, but... I think if Grotesques took up two spaces in a transport... Yeah. And you could add a grotesque to a gro- uh, sorry homunculi to a grotesque unit. You can't do that, yeah. can you? Yeah. No, no. Then I think you'd see them because you could put you know five. I know you're under costing yourself five plus a homunculus in a raider. They'd suddenly be amazing. But when you yeah. can only put three in a raider, um, they're then just not efficient enough in that in that sense. And then yeah, the homun- where. Talos were very good in real space, yeah, and they're not as effective um, in Sky Splinter. I think they've dropped off, which is a shame because I love my Talos. <laughs> they are cool, um, too. Uh, I think you could almost argue where the Kronos is almost potentially not on the way out because it's still so cheap. Fifty points is very efficient, but now that Sky Splinter assault armies are a lot more mobile, people. I think at first felt that Kronos would be seen a lot more to be able to get the pain tokens, but actually the Kronos can't really keep up with the Incubine, the Archons and the Witches, which is where you probably are spending a lot of your pain tokens. So um, for me, I'm I'm starting to run no Kronos and just use those points for, for racks or bringing a third unit of Madrix. Yeah, um, no, that's fair. And I'd love to you know, touch upon you know, a very... A sub-faction which I'm very passionate about, which is, again, the Corsairs. I absolutely love the Corsairs. I spoke earlier about how good the kit is. Um, and when they came out in um, in Ninth Edition, they were a really interesting addition. Uh, I think the Corsair Void Reavers, which are the troops, um, you know, they were battling with um, Cavalite Warriors, but obviously didn't have access to the Invan, so probably weren't as good. But the Corsair Void Scar, the elite version, they were really interesting. Having that mm. six-man unit who were able to sort of cast um, you know, spells and get some extra mortal wounds in there. They're very good for retrieve uh, data at the time. Whereas oh, there's there's really no synergy, and I think there's almost no reason to take Corsairs if you're Drakari, which I think yeah. is sad. Um, yeah. So the day when all the indexes were released, uh, this may sound odd to some people, but the first index I went to was Eldari. Because I wanted first and foremost to know how they're treating Corsairs in 10th position. And I went there, I looked at it, and I was like, okay, they do this. I was like, look at the keywords. And I was like, ah, oh, there's no Trakari keyword. And I was like, it's odd. And I was like, ah, oh, I know what they've done. I think they've been clever. And maybe split the data sheet so you've got Trakari Corsairs. And I went to the Trakari <laughs> index, and obviously they're not there. Um, and I think they would, they would add some just interesting options and again it's just such a beautiful kit that i think i would love to see more people running them in their drakari armies uh the scout ability would scouting raiders become a bit more too powerful like were they play tested is that a reason why they're not allowed but it's just no synergy and it just feels um mm. a massive shame that it's a shame at the yeah totally 
Um, yeah, I, I had mine and I was starting to paint them, and then I stopped <laughs> because yeah, I couldn't yeah. couldn't run them yeah. um, as I wanted, which was you know a shame. Because um, yeah, that it's the again a lot of the kill team units. The look of them is really cool. Where they they're they're designed yeah. to be customized and made individual. Um, and yeah, no, especially I love the guy. Uh, is it the Faucho, the guy with the bird? Faucho, the um, yeah, that's cool. Kernak Hunter, and then of course as well. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like he's almost like the uh, iconic model from the unit, isn't he? Just like mm. they're all just so good, and you could just literally stick any of their heads on your side rights, and you've got a cool side right. Like yeah. so much you can do yeah. with them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. Um. So. Um. I think we've sort of gone through um, most of that. I mean, the last one as sort of a, a counterplay. If you've never faced Drakari, um, what's a couple of tips um, that you might give someone as a player just so they're not caught out by some of the, the legal gotchas, as you called them earlier? Yeah, so I think it's just understanding their movements. You, know, you have to understand how fast they are. And I guess on the flip side, like almost the advice to Drakari players is focus on movement and deployment about sort of building up, trying to play a bit of 4D chess, playing sort of two turns ahead, building up mental pathways where I most commonly play on UKTC terrain. And mostly when I deploy, I'm, I don't deploy looking at my opponent. I deploy knowing that I've got threat saturation across the board and I'll know... You know, a lot, I don't know the distances per se, but I will know that the court that Archon is going there because they're going to go over towards that objective. And that mm. means that if I feel I've got a good enough presence over there, then I'm going to add probably more battle line going to the other corner. And then uh, I'm probably going to ingress some Incubi uh, and maybe even let open the Witches as well. Um, and part of my sort of tactics as well is... I have so much MSU, so much battle line MSU, so many five-man lady units running around uh, with 10 OC who aren't there to fight you. The witches are there just to wind you up and jump on your objective and take it off you. Um, and so, you know, you're not always playing to throw witches onto an objective to, for them to be there because they're not going to be. Um, they're there to deny you. And I think it's something which you have to look out for, but... I guess in a weird, thankful way. I'm not quite sure how you stopped that. I guess it's just trying mm. to like kill those units. But then if you're focusing on my battle line, then you're not focused on my incubi, which are coming in. Or yeah. if you're not focused on my scourges, then I've you know <laughs> probably got you know twelve dark lances every time mm. hitting you as well. Yeah. So Drakari very good at that, and I think it's mm. being wary of just how much they have in terms of board control as well. We probably need, I think I find a lot of players. It's difficult as well. I find a lot of players don't play as aggressively against me as they could do, that they want to mm. hold back. They're, they're worried of falling into my trap. But then if they overextend, they do fall into my trap. It's uh, you know, it's almost like being caught in a spider's web. It's quite, it's, it can be very exciting to be a Drakari player and like, you know, and sort of see that sort of happen and like, you know, pounce on the, on the prey, mm. pun intended. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. That's a great cool. trap. Um, yeah. and I think yeah, I think that's one of the other ones I think as well that people don't realise because 
it's generally less important in a lot of armies. The amount of battle line, which means the amount of OC2 that tends to be in a list, which, you know, much like the Witches, the Cabalites, and the Racks, their ability to take objectives from you, and because they're so cheap, especially once uh, Witches, um, the Cabalites are split in Venoms, um, they're, they're almost throwaway units because they're effectively... 30, uh, 45 or 55 points as a unit, then or 60 for racks. They're not, you know, oh, I've lost that. It, you know, it's not like losing, you know, a squad of Terminators, for example. It's like, oh, I've lost that. But it's 10 OC that can very much d- jump, uh, drop an objective off you that you weren't expecting. Yeah, I think like. it's, again, going back to the, the idea of 4D chess, if mm. the Drakari player. And they will be playing two turns ahead of you. You need to try and match that as well. And yeah. like you know, maybe your army's more static, more defensive, but you need to try and sort of guess their moves. But again, Drakari can just you know, you, you will sometimes change your tactics with you know mid game. It's like, you know, if you kill my Beastmaster and one unit of Incubi, I'm like, well, that's fine, but I still have my other threats as well. Like that's what mm. I love about the toolbox nature. Um yeah. I, I guess also you know, we spoke about earlier how important Madricks are. If you can clear out some Madricks, go clear them out because they're going to just teleport around the game. And if it's if the Jakari player starts edging you and taking out more of your units, then that means there's more pockets, the space for these Madricks to start appearing. Um, and also, obviously, beware that with Statistic Raiders, the Capulite Warriors can start sticking objectives. Like, you need to be mm. very wary of allowing a Jakari player board control. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, I think that you know gives people a nice basis if they haven't faced them yet, and also even if they have and they haven't faced the new detachment. So thank you. Um, so the the last sort of bit to touch on is sort of the future. Obviously, we sort of spoke about um, the fact that they're not quite truly there yet. You know, in terms of being um, a contender for super majors um, or even you know, potentially WTC teams in some aspects. Um, what do you think um, that Drakari need and what might come maybe in the next data slate that might shore up some of the weaknesses possibly? If you could have a, a wish list almost. It strikes me that how Drakari are faring, that I don't know if they will update them, which mm. is almost... Not a fear, and without sound like a hipster, it's not like I want <laughs> players to like not do well with them. But I, just, mm. I can't imagine GW will do much. I, I do almost fear that people will look at the efficiency of Madrix and Scourges, um, and start to maybe like you know sort of um, will they start going up five or ten points a unit? Yes. It's a slight sort of worry, but at the same time, would, would they start to invite? Um, points decreases for units like Hellions would become viable when they get too cheap but they'll never get cheap enough to be worth taking so like you know if if they were to add keyword infantry to them I think Hellions become Mm. a really interesting topic Um, but I think you know for for Drakari itself you need the availability of the kits as well when you have, I think, when you when you break it down to skews into like how they're sold, forty two percent of the faction is on range rotation, and that's yeah. that's that's a real lot. Obviously, that's going to change 
slightly with mandrakes. Um, but when, when people realize how they can build core and how they can build Beastmaster, let's face it, Beastmaster is now probably an essential unit. Probably one Beastmaster mm -hmm. in a unit is essential to a competitive Drakari army. So, but new Drakari players are unintentionally game, uh, gate kept by GW via the availability from that. And obviously the game designers can't fix that in every part of a data slate, but right? it's always something which goes hand in hand with that. Um, yeah. But I think um, Drakari's need a bit more punch, but at the worry of they could just become too unwieldy, too fast as well. Mm. Yeah, just that, that overkill from, from ninth. My 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 wish would be Raiders to go to T nine. Yeah. So in line with Ravagers because five I'm, up in not... back obviously is something which I've and then the five up in bone on the on them. So you still have that you know the Night Shield strat is a four up in bone which is still a great yeah. um you know it extends life if you can roll fours I can't um but if you can then it's great for that. Um, but yeah, that that would there would be two just minor changes for me that would just give that little bit more survivability because yeah. as soon as something can see, if it has AP, you know, two, <laughs> yeah. um, which most strength eight or above guns tend to, Raider just evaporates. Um, yeah. And um, actually, another change that would just be game wide for me would be that. Um, Indirect is minus one ballistic skill, so that stealth yeah, on Venom means something. Still too good. Still too good. Yeah, I think um, Guard will probably have indirect change because obviously in the in the last data slate they tried to up nerf indirect by just mm. upping the points. Points, yeah, but yeah. still, still not enough. Um, a few other quick changes that I'd love to see as well is some of the squad leaders still don't really. Do anything like is it, the Hecatrix doesn't have extra attacks, right? It's just have access to their Phantasm Grenade Launcher. Uh, can get a Blast Pistol, but doesn't even get the Agonizer, right? And the Akafist yeah, yeah. gets nothing. Um, and again, the Shardnet and Impaler and Razor Flowers, Hydra Goblets don't mm. have rules anymore, which I felt yeah. was a shame. I'd almost would have taken the like the heirloom style profile. Like, I, I would have yeah. taken, I know you obviously probably. No escape is part of. There is the element to it there, but I, I would rather have seen you know, witches can take free witch weapons and they are damaged to, or they yeah. are reroll wounds, or like some mm. some sort of effect, like almost extra. like the the harlequin sort of weapon sort of thing, where yeah, there's that yeah. extra profile for a couple yeah. of guys. I, yeah, I think that would yeah. have been that would have been nice. Obviously, obviously, witches are viable now, which is great. Hmm. Um, but then, if we were to take Sky Splinter Assault away from them, they all of a sudden become not as viable. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's definitely an argument where, in the we've only done one episode of Real Space Raiders when Sky Splinter Assault sort of came out. So we were talking about it on our first, um, like, without actually playing games. And I think, you know, I was of the opinion where actually I think people will go back to Real Space Raiders after a while when they realize they can't get the pain tokens. And obviously, losing the the move move strap is is absolutely big. But now, having played Sky Splinter Assault, there is no way I'd go back. Like mm. you, you have fewer pain tokens, fine. But I mean, 
losing the move, move strats big. I don't have enough coven to worry about the minus one to win, and it's annoying, which is not having advance and charge. Yeah, but just wraith like retreat and pounce on the prey. Swift mockery, so I don't use as much as I thought I would, but hmm. that with the incubi, it's just it's so much fun. Sky Smith yeah. Assault has really brought back the joy to Shakari players. I love it. And for me, no. the one thing that I think is possibly an up point, going back to what we looked at before, actually, is the fact that not all of them are battle tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there CP is no, one. yeah, there's no CP generation outside of I can't score this this turn. I dump yeah. it. Like if aside from uh, the the sustained hits too, when you get out of a transport one that I cannot remember the name of. Um, Everything else is not a battle tactic, so it means at least you're not being penalised really quickly, which is an up point, um, I feel, for the detachment as well, um, which is obviously as soon as you hit Imperial with a Calidus, you're like, oh, everything's expensive. <laughs> so weird up point. So, yeah. Um, so um, are there any other detachments, as the last question, that you are hoping to see um, in the eventual codex that god knows when it's coming out yeah and it's taking it back a step with detachments as well is there's some debate now where some drakari players think that this detachment's probably been lifted from a forthcoming codex whereas i not fear but i i wonder whether are we getting this as a band-aid but that means we're going to come later in edition but then would i take a later edition release, if that meant a big model wave, I probably wouldn't veer towards that. Um, mm. But in terms of attachments, I think it's the sub-factions help me to sort of write them. So I think you'll see a Witch Cult one. I think you'll see Coven's one, uh, maybe a Cavalite Focus one, maybe a Mercenary Place for higher focus one. Like, you know, if um, cool. you know if Tau are going to get a Crook detachment, then let's have a, a Place for higher one, maybe which is something which uh, brings the Corsairs in a bit more. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool. Yeah, there's lots there. You know, I think Coven have had such rich special rules in the past, mm. especially with their old supplement, where you could almost have two different styles of play from the Covens in terms of detachments. Mm. Uh, I think I think a transport detachment was always going to come. I, I really hope that Real Space Raiders remains, but mm. it's an overhaul, or whether there's yeah. something where would they potentially look at the idea that you can have three little sort of mini detachments where you might have a, you know, it might be a smaller sample size of detachments and enhancements, but you can get a bit more of a feel for like, you know, the different cabals and witch cults out there where you might be able to like a, you know, you're a real space, you'll always be a real space raid, but your witches are derived from this witch cult. So these are strats you get. I think that would be, a bit interesting. Um, yeah. There's lots of th cool things you can lean into in the lore. Like one of my favorite things is like the Dark Olympiad, where it's almost like the Olympics for the Drakari, where they, they just go on like, you know, a series of real space raids. Mm. Um, and like um, you know, the, some of the nobles from Comora, they get sort of um, webboyed in to like watch it. Like I, th I think there's a lot you could do. I think something almost bringing in. Um, almost like a, a crescendo, crescendo style like wave of play compared to how mm. it is now with the, the pain token, something which rewards like the, the battle getting hotter and like your units mm. improving. 
that would be like an interesting style of play, taking it back in that sense. But uh, I, I think it's the future is bright for Trakari and very exciting Definitely. as well. Hmm. I think, yeah, I think it will be that initial codex reveal, um, which will be very interesting to see that will sort of set the tone for it all, especially if there is like a sort of a model of some kind that sort of uh, teased, as it were, something, yeah. you know, tantalizing. Yeah, I really be. want, I really want, like, my dream unit would be a coven unit that's like dreadnought sized. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a, a bigger grotesque, effectively. Um, just as something that, you know, can be a bit more of a, a, a damage soaking brawler. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't foresee that. So just before we round out the um, podcast, um, just wanted to say a uh, huge thank you to all the people that came to our uprising event that was last weekend on the 25th of February. Um, so we uh, the event was won by Ryan, uh, who was running Eldari. Shocking. Um, and then we had Matt uh, from Team Hivemind actually came second with his horrific alpha striking uh Dark Angels list, and then third we had Jamie Watts who was running Custodes. Um, the meta itself was nice and diverse. Um, it wasn't just Necrons, which was great. Um, and yeah, overall it was a really fun event. I really enjoyed um, sort of all the competitive play that was going on, as well as the camaraderie and the way in which people interacted with each other, which was really positive and great to see. Our next event is on the twelfth of May, um, which is uh, same same place, uh, different time as it were. Uh, that is May the twelfth, um, and obviously information on Facebook and our Discord about that. You can find out more if you're interested in joining us. So, um, just before I sort of close us out, uh, Paulie, is there any sort of recommendations or shout outs you want to give um, to people uh, about yourself or things that you think they should? Uh, look into certainly so you can find myself on facebook instagram and twitter or x whatever they want to call it nowadays under uh, i think the uh, the at is uh, sky serpent 40k you can find me now search for sky serpent you'll see my orange drakari um also i'm one of the administrators of the drakari facebook group that's a really good place uh, as well and i'm also a co-host uh, we created the the Real Space Raiders podcast, which is a Drakari podcast, we're going um, for almost uh, close to four years now, which is really good. And it's a nice. very sort of proud achievement. It started off as a bit of a think tank where um, there was a few sort of different sort of Drakari players I'd always talk to, and I was like, I'm going to put them in the group chat. And I did that, and then um, you know, Dom, you know, works in VFX, has the editing skills, and Joe Coles, who was an original member. There was a, a podcast better in himself, and George is a phenomenal painter and lore expert. And so, I, hey guys, let's make a podcast. And they did that. Nice. So, you can find Real Space Raiders anywhere you download your podcast from. It's audio only. Um, and we also do have a, a thriving, popular Discord as well, which I'll uh, share with you guys, maybe to put out in your Excellent. socials and yeah. show notes as well. So, yeah, um, yeah always um, happy to. Uh, discuss Shakari as well it's a really really <laughs> exciting army to to both model and paint but also play with perfect um obviously all of that information that paulie just said um i'll get him to pass on to me and we'll put into the episode description so obviously if you are interested in finding out more about Drakari, i do recommend listening to the real space raiders podcast as they are very much in tune um with Drakari and 
really have a deep um, well of knowledge around that. Um, and also Sky Serpent, just purely for the very pretty models that he puts out, is definitely worth a look as well. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, first of all, um, as I close this out, thank you so much, Paulie, for joining us um, and sort of talking through all things Drakari with us. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, if you wish to find out more about us, you can join us on our Discord, uh, find us again on Facebook, um, email us at teamhivemindtactics at gmail.com or contact at teamhivemind.net um, or visit the website. And yeah, thank you very much for joining us uh, again and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me.